Welcome to the Period Recovery Podcast. I'm your host, Cynthia Donovan, registered dietitian and period recovery expert who has been where you currently are. This is the podcast to listen to if you want your period back month after month or if you want to restore your fertility and feel more relaxed around food and exercise. Consider this your safe space that will take the guests and the stress out of period recovery and bring you the information, the inspiration, tools, stories, and empowerment that are key in getting your period back month after month. Get ready to be inspired, get ready to get your period back, and get ready to get your life back. Come on, let's dive in. You guys, I can't tell you how excited I get when I get to interview past clients of mine. It is just so heartwarming to be able to see where they were and where they are now. And today, my past client, Erin, shares her story of period recovery, where she went from just wanting to be her healthiest self and then going through the global pandemic and having nothing else better to do than exercise more. And along the way, due to her underfueling, developed pretty bad digestive issues. And she was told by her doctor she had celiac disease, which she really didn't, and became gluten-free. And her goal, again, it was to be her healthiest self. And she had thought by going on birth control, that would fix all the things. And then when she figured out her hemoglobin and her blood count was just super low, she decided, all right, something is going on. So Erin takes you through her journey to where she was and where she is now as a successful, free medical student and just so much to look forward into her future. And she'll also share a little bit about how she gave up exercise and how she coped with that and how that alone had made her such a stronger person today. So I really hope you guys enjoy this amazing, heartwarming episode with Erin. And as always, guys, if you can share this podcast, leave a review, this is just going to help more women like yourself figure out what might really be going on with their missing periods. Hi, Erin. Welcome to the Period Recovery Podcast. Thanks for having me. I'm so excited to be here. I am so excited that you're here too because, Erin, you got to remind me of dates. When we first met and you joined the coaching program was what month and year? September 2022. Okay. So a little over a year ago. Wow. It does seem like yesterday though. So you must be coming up on a year of periods. Just about. I got my period back in December. So Okay. So the one year... Celebration is coming up. I don't know if you'll actually really celebrate, but that's exciting. And you have a lot of exciting things going on. You're finishing up school soon, and which is awesome, which it seems like yesterday you were just starting in clinical rotation. So I'm sure you have so much to share today. And I think, Erin, where we'll dive in today, I guess we'll get right down to business and start talking about when you lost your period and why you think you lost it. Yeah. So my last period I got before joining your program was March of 2021. So rewinding before then, I was always an athletic kid growing up, played all the sports. In college, I was on my like college's running club, but I was very like social jogger is what I like to call myself. I would show up to practice when I wanted to. I would never really do any of the workouts. I just kind of was there for a good time to kind of stay in shape and make friends. Then 
fast forward, like halfway through college, I started having some stomach issues. I thought maybe I was lactose intolerant, so I like cut out all dairy and everything. That didn't really resolve the issue. I ended up going to a GI doctor who he did an endoscopy and he was like, oh, like it kind of maybe looks like you have celiac. And I say it like that because that's kind of how he said it to me. I left that appointment with not that many answers, but the only answer I had was like, I should go on a gluten-free diet. And this was like in the time where TikTok was kind of big, Instagram was kind of big, like all the influencers were gluten-free. So I was like, I can do it too. It's fine. But then kind of once I went gluten-free, I started noticing those like, getting more into like reading food labels, cutting out like other ingredients to not just gluten. So my diet became very restrictive. And then COVID happened and I fell into the COVID trap of exercising all the time, doing all the YouTube videos, running more. I had a lot more free time on my hands. So I was like, what used to be a social jogger was like an everyday running multiple miles more than I ever had before. And then we were able to go back to school like the fall after COVID, but it was like a very like lockdown situation. You weren't able to like run with friends outside. And even if you were to run by yourself, you had to wear a mask. And I did not like the idea of running outside with a mask. So instead, I kind of like joined um, one of those like group fitness gym program class things like off campus that didn't have all these rules. And I started going to like those hit classes maybe five times a week. So that like multiple hit classes a week coupled with like my gluten-free diet that was just getting more and more restrictive after I had been doing those hit classes for probably four or five months. That's kind of when my period got very irregular and then it just stopped altogether. Yeah. And thank you for sharing that, Erin. And it sounds like, I mean, hearing you tell this story, it sounds like it all makes sense now or it has for a while for you. But when you were in the thick of it, right? Like my period's missing. I'm on this gluten-free diet. I'm exercising all the time. Was there anything going through your head? Like maybe this is connected somehow. I don't think I ever realized it. I think I was so deep into being the healthiest version of myself and the fittest I've ever been, eating the best that I ever have. Like, it can't be any of my lifestyle things that are contributing to my missing period. It was really my mom and my grandma who kind of like brought that to my attention. They were like, do you think maybe it's because you're running too much and you're stressed and you're not eating enough? Like they saw what I was doing and they were kind of like pushing me to like, maybe like recheck what your lifestyle is. Maybe that's contributing. Mm, Well, thank you, mom and grandma, because usually it's not that way. A lot of times, Erin, it's like, well, mom and grandma are kind of potentially maybe doing the same things, right? I see that a lot in my clients where it typically runs. I don't want to say HA runs in the family, but I hear a lot of women will say, well, you know, my mom's period was irregular. And then, you know, we talk a little bit more and mom is a avid runner like she is and a perfectionist like she is. So um, I just wanted to point that out there, but kudos to mom and grandma. And so a couple of things I want to go into a little bit more, Erin, when did you notice your periods become irregular? Did they like, what was, I guess, how did it show up first? Did they just completely stop? Were they longer? Were they shorter? Were they breakthrough bleeding what what did it look like if you could remember I was trying to think about this so I like got really into like the COVID like crazy like exercising more kind of like March or April I guess of 2020 I think the first time I noticed that I had missed the period I like never tracked my cycle before this I was just like oh my period showed up that's cool so the first time I noticed that I like went a full month without a period was probably August of 2020 and then once I missed like August I kind of dialed more into like tracking the days and it was like 45 days and then it was like 60 days again and then it was like 25 days so it was just like after I noticed like 
there's an issue, that's kind of when it just is very irregular. Uh, I see. Yeah, because I just want to point that out there because when HA starts to present itself, it can present itself in many different forms. It could present itself in your period just completely going missing. And then just like Aaron and I mean, me and probably the rest of us, like I never tracked my cycle before. Like I just was like, oh, my period showing up and then half the time is on birth control anyways. So sometimes we don't even know or remember how it went missing for so many reasons because we're not paying attention or we're on birth control pills. So because some women can have regular periods. And I like to say have a form of HA. Now, HA is like a lack of periods, but some women could be anovulatory. So have periods every month, but not ovulate. So appreciate you sharing that, Erin, because HA is so not textbook at all. There's lots of gray areas. So, okay. So that was one question I had. And so the whole gluten-free thing, many, many doctors will, you'll, Digestive symptoms a lot of times present too. Sometimes before the period goes missing, sometimes after the period goes missing. But many GI docs are, you know, unaware and probably not asking you about your menstrual cycle. So, doctor suggested that you perhaps might have celiac disease or some type of gluten intolerance. You go gluten free, and then the COVID. COVID happens, which you and so many others. I mean, what else was there to do during COVID other than like work out and, I mean. I mean, I guess some people took up new hobbies, but majority of my clients are like, yeah, I started working out more. And and you got to think of it this way. It's a form of control, right? I mean, the whole world, literally the whole world was out of control. We, we never knew what was going to happen, when it was going to happen. So I can see how that could happen to so many of us. And so between the new hit classes you were doing, gluten-free diet, then mom and grandma said something and all while you were just trying to be the healthiest version of yourself. So when it kind of came to a head, Erin, when you're like, okay, well, maybe this is something going on. Was it like, yep, I accept it fully. This is probably what's happening. Or was it like, I don't know about all this? Not at all. So like I said, like I got a period in March of 2021 and then nothing since then. And so I like kind of told my mom maybe in July or August, like, hey, like, I think this is not normal. And she's like, yeah, it's not normal. Maybe you should stop exercising. I was like, no, that's not it. So I made an appointment with like an OBGYN. And she told me that she thinks she knows what was going on. And it was because I was like active and I was young, but she never used the words HA. Instead, she was like, I think I know what's going on. Take the birth control pill. And I was like, okay, I can do that. And I can keep my lifestyle the way it is. So I thought this is a very easy fix. I take one pill once a day. I can keep doing what I'm doing. I just kind of, okay, problem solved. It wasn't until the following spring where then I had some more GI issues. I just like, my stomach hurt all the time, had IBS symptoms, like the whole nine yards where like my mom was like, I really think it's related to your exercise, but we'll go to the GI doctor. We'll see what's going on. The GI doctor like ran some labs and my hemoglobin was like really low, like seven point something to the point where I needed a blood transfusion and iron infusion like once a week for two months and like B12 shots. And so at that point, that was kind of my wake up call of like, okay, my lifestyle isn't healthy. If I was really like having a healthy lifestyle, I wouldn't have all of these other complications. Yeah. Yeah. And thank you for sharing that, Erin. That is an important point too. And, And did you, when the OB recommended birth control, did you end up going on the pill for a little bit? Yeah. So I started the birth control pill probably in like September of 2021. And then I stayed on it until I started working with you. 
so many docs will recommend birth control pill or potentially Provera. And, you know, if you've been following me for a bit or listening to my podcast, we know that birth control is a crack of you know what. But Erin, let me ask you this. Before, so you stayed on the pill until we started working together. Was I the one that was like, by the way, birth control pill is doing nothing for you? Did you figure that out before? No, you're the one that told me. Yeah. Like what ran through your mind when, because I mean, you're in the medical field and what I guess what ran through your mind of like, well, why would my doctor put me on the pill if it's like not a real period? So what were your thoughts when I told you that? Interestingly, when I was put on the pill, I never got a period. I had like one withdrawal bleed, I guess, like the month after I started, it was like two days of spotting. And then when I went back to my like, OBGYN for like a follow-up appointment after she started me on it I was like too much of a people pleaser I think to tell her like oh by the way I still am not getting a period and I thought like she knew what she was doing she put me on the pill she told me that like I'm getting all the hormones I need it's fine if I'm not actually bleeding like whatever so then when you told me like oh like birth control is just like masking your symptoms and like not actually a real period even if I were to have gotten one I was like wow like I kind of did lose trust a little bit in the OBGYN, but I also was just kind of like mad at myself for not kind of like speaking up to my doctor and saying like, I don't think this is really working. It's hard when it comes to speaking up and I get the people pleaser thing because us women that suffer from missing periods have the tendency to be people pleasers. But especially in the medical field, we really, and tell me if you felt this way at the time, Erin, we really look to our our healthcare professionals, such as doctors, as like, well, I mean, they're doctors. They should like 100% know what they're talking about. So having that trust in them and now knowing what you know, having more trust in your body, I guess, what would you do differently if you knew what you knew now back then? I think I would have asked more questions when like my OBGYN came in and she's like, oh, I think I know what's going on here. Take the birth control pill. I feel like I would have pressed more of like, okay, like, I'm glad that you think you know what's going on. But like, can you tell me what you think is going on? And then I would have like asked more like, what is this pill actually going to do to solve my issues? Is it actually helping? Or is it just like masking the symptoms? Like, I think I would have just asked for more clarification. Yeah, more clarification. Yep. Yep. And we can come at it at a very curious place too. And doctors are humans just like you and I, guys, and Erin knows this now, and we can talk to them. They're humans just like you and I. So talking to them, you know, just like you would talk to someone else that wasn't a doctor. And if your doctor doesn't listen to you, then you might want to seek other, you know, or if they don't want to have that conversation. But um, I'm glad you shared that, Erin, now. And, you know, we only know what we know when we know it. So, and we try to do the best that we can. And by me sharing this information on the podcast and, you know, advocate for yourself, ask the questions so you can not spend years and years kind of spinning your wheels. Okay. So you went on birth control pill, then it came to a head where you had to get some blood transfusion, 12 shots and so forth. And then you're like, all right, enough is enough. And then after that, what? where did you go? Did you go to Instagram? I can't remember how you found me, Erin, but yeah, what were your next steps after you were like, no, I'm done with this? Yeah. So I found you on Instagram and I was like, so funny. I'm in medical school. So at the time that I found you, I was in my endocrine and reproductive class. So I had 
literally just like read a study guide, read a chapter on the functions of like the hypothalamus. And I texted my mom and I was like, based on what I just read, I think my hypothalamus is broken. Like that's word for word, but I texted her. And 48 hours later, I just like found you on my Instagram explore page. And I was like, okay, like she deals with hypothalamic amenorrhea. I think my hypothalamus is broken. Like I need to reach out to her. Yeah. Wow. Well, either that is totally like the universe, like, you know, bringing us together or Instagram was listening or both. So that's awesome that you you put that together and then, you know, it popped up on Instagram for you. So I appreciate you sharing that story of, you know, how you lost it. So let's talk about how did you get it back? Now, I know we work together, right? And we know most of us that are listening, we have to eat enough, rest enough, you know. But what's your story with getting your period back, Erin? Yeah. So I, unlike a lot of the clients that you work with, before I joined your program, yes, I was like eating more and I was trying to like decrease my exercise, but like I really wasn't doing a good job on my own. I was making excuses for like, oh, like I ran like two miles yesterday. That means I can do six miles tomorrow. And I was like, trying to cut back but then I was also finding ways to cut corners and keep running at the rate I was running keep eating the way I was eating so when I first joined your program I was kind of resistant to your like decrease exercise and eat all the things rules so it took me a while to kind of get to a headspace where I was like okay like I can actually do this so probably like three or four weeks after I started working with you I completely stopped running altogether and it was probably the hardest thing that I had to do was just wake up and know like I can't go for my morning run. I need to find other ways to spend my time. And then I did ultimately decide to continue being gluten-free while I was doing recovery just because I was comfortable with that. And I didn't want to add another variable that would make me like mentally more stressed. But in doing so, before when I was gluten-free, I had cut out like all the fun things, even if they were gluten-free. I wasn't eating like cookies or cupcakes or anything fun like that. So I kind of added more of those like fun foods back in and was just eating every three hours and just really no rules to what I was eating and when. Awesome. And Erin, let me ask you this. How do you think you got to that place in your head? Because I remember you just said, I didn't have the headspace right away to you know follow your period recovery method. What do you think allowed you to get to that headspace? That's a great question. Trying to look back on it, I think it was just being so miserable in the spot that I was at and knowing that like you had done it before there are plenty of clients in the group who had gotten a period and had just seemed so much more happy and I was like I want to be those girls so badly and I guess the only way I can do it is to just completely give in yeah yeah and thank you for sharing that and I'm so excited to hear that you know being in a community seeing others do it you pretty much are able to look at that and you know and I'm sure at times there was like oh my gosh you know she got her period back and I didn't get mine back yet that that's always hard but you I'm trying to think of a, a great word for it but it gave you an image to know that that was possible and two you know what also helps is when we start to get enough fuel we start to get enough fuel in our bodies and we're able to access those rational parts because sometimes if we are so underfueled and so undernourished like even that motivation from seeing others sometimes is hard to access 
until we start eating a little bit more. So, and you had already made some changes and your body responded quite nicely, quite quickly. Once you started to really quote unquote give in, right? And really stop the running, you know, focus on the foods. How long did it take you to get your period back? So I was in your program for a total of four months. And that first month I would say was like, I wasn't really totally bought in yet. So I would say like two and a half months is when I got my period. Yeah. And I just wanted to, I don't always like to ask how long did it take just because every body is so different. So, but I also like to give you guys some context too, because it's always like, well, how long is it going to take? Is it really going to work? Science is there. The science is there. We just got to trust the process and it's a lot easier when you have support. Okay. So the headspace really, you know, that really helped you get into that headspace to see others do it. So running right? There's so many of us out there that exercise is life. Like that's just a part of who we are, what we do, how our day revolves. And so I heard you say, I'd wake up in the morning and I would dread it because I couldn't go for my morning run. So how did you, Erin, you know, not only give up the running, but how did you cope with it? Did you find other activities? Were you doing, you know, mindset work? Were you posting in the group? What do you think helped you the most uh, through that most difficult time? Definitely a lot of mindset work. I am Christian. I started reading my Bible a lot more. I reached out to friends. I, instead of going for a morning run, would go to morning coffee with a friend. I would read more. I was like in a place before I joined your program where the only things I allowed myself to do were run and study. They seemed productive. They seemed to be helping me reach my goals. But once I started your program, I was like, I have more time in my day to do other things. I went to Target for fun. I read books. I did puzzles. I just, so many things that I could have been doing for my whole like year when I was in HA that I just like didn't, I started doing again. Yeah, that's awesome. That's so awesome, Erin, because I think a lot of us, I know I did at one point struggle with like, okay, well, I'm not, I can't exercise. Like, who am I? What do I do? Right? And I think through this process, I mean, we're always figuring out who we are. It's it's just a lifelong learning thing, but how, you know, how awesome was it to figure out a little bit more of what Erin kind of likes to do outside of exercise? It was it is when you actually did it and put it into play, was it as scary as you had once thought? Not at all. It was a lot of fun. Like I said, I think I was at a point where I wasn't really allowing myself to have fun. And so once I just gave me myself that space to just explore, find things I like to do, have fun, it was not scary at all. Yeah, it's just sometimes just taking that leap of faith. And we have to remember like there's always going to be a hard choice, right? Uh, but there's going to always be a choice that is going to lead you forward. And it might be a little bit more scary because we don't know what leading forward quite might, you know, might not mean yet. But we also know that staying stuck where we are isn't the best option either. And it's also hard. So I want to kind of move into, since we're kind of flowing this way, of all the amazing things things, right? So you mentioned medical student. And so how do you think? So if you were still, let's just kind of maybe flashback. If you were still in the depths of HA, how would you picture your life right now as a medical student? I think I would be miserable just because right now I'm in my clinical year. So it's a lot of not having control over your own schedule. You 
are changing what you're doing about every two weeks, always learning something new. And I think if I still was like in my HA, like robotic phase, that would really just throw me for a loop. I wouldn't be able to kind of like cope with all of this new, all of this information, all of this kind of always feeling like you're in the way. I mean, I still feel that way now, but I have more perspective and just more understanding of just myself and the process. And I'm like, I just don't think I would have done well as a clinical med student if I was still in HA. Yeah, yeah, it would. I mean, not only everything you just mentioned, but I think about all of the information you do and have to retain, right? Which is so hard for the brain to do when the brain is underfueled. It's extremely hard. We do it. We can totally do it because, I mean, you were in college before you healed your HA. It can totally be done. But I don't know if you can do a side-by-side comparison, Erin, of how you're able to retain information maybe a little bit better or you don't really see a change or studying's easier. But I hear from many, many that it's a lot, that the retention in remembering things is a lot higher. Yeah, I feel like for me, kind of because I was in a transition, like I was in different classes when I was working with you versus now. So just the structure of my day is so different. I don't know if I can make a direct comparison, but I do feel like I'm just more present on my rotations than I would have been. And I was more present than I was in my previous classes. Absolutely. And I have to say, I'd take a doctor that is not in the depths of HA, or I'd take a doctor that is not in the depths of HA, yes, that I'm saying it right, versus one that is, because there is, I mean, there's a presence that you really can't describe until you're out of this HA. So let's get in a little bit more about, you know, we know school life has improved, right? Or not improved, but has is just easier. You know it's more flexible for you. But let's talk about the balance of life now that you're like, okay, well, I can do more than just study and go to the gym or work out. And you started, I heard you say, hanging out with friends in the morning for coffee, just having random target trips. Anything else you can think of, Erin, that you feel like has improved a lot since recovering your period? Yeah, I would compare my this summer to last summer. Last summer, I had like the complete summer off, no classes, no responsibilities. And I was still kind of like miserable. I always felt like I needed to be doing something. I could never sit still. I could never relax. This summer, I had one week of vacation. And I did more things, had more fun in that one week than I did all summer last year. That's amazing. And yes, I can't sit still, always got to be productive, all the things is a very common thing that happens in HA. And there is a good amount of, I don't want to say there's a good amount of science behind it. There's no scientific studies on it per se, but you know, your brain is in this fight or flight, stressed out mode constantly. So, and plus we don't, you know, we don't have the rational thinking because the amount of energy that's going to our brain is lacking. So yeah, that's amazing, Erin. I love, love hearing that. And so there was one thing I kind of wanted to touch a little bit upon, and I think we sort of answered it already. And that was the biggest fear. Was the biggest fear of going into period recovery, giving up running, or was there more fears behind it? I think I was afraid that it wasn't going to work for me. I was afraid that I was gonna give up running I was gonna change the way I was eating I was gonna completely become a new person and I still wouldn't have a period I kind of thought I was just too far gone 
Okay. All right. And I really appreciate you sharing that because I am sure you are not alone in how you felt. And so if you could tell the Aaron back then what the Aaron knows now, what would you say about that fear of like, yeah, you're going to do all the things, but you're probably not going to get your period? What would you say? What, I guess, you know, confidence would you give her? I would just say like, it does work. But I would also say, even if it doesn't work, even if I don't get a period, what else would I be gaining? Because I did gain so much more than just a period. So it's like, if my only fear was like, oh, I won't have a period after this, like, I have so much more than just a period. Yeah, that's a great, great point to make. And it's hard, though, to see when we're in it, though, right? Because when you're like in the depths of it, like that's all you know. And you, I I know my clients, and you probably heard me say this when you were in my coaching program, Erin, is like you only know what you know when you know it. Because you, you just don't, when you're in the thick of it, especially when you're going through something not so great, you don't know the other amazing things that are out there. And this is one of the biggest reasons why I have past clients of mine come on to show you guys that there is light at the end of the tunnel, but it's just hard for us to see when we're in the thick of whatever it is we're going through, right? So all the things you gain. So this kind of ties into what we were talking about before I had to kind of go back a point. Aside from you know being more flexible and probably more carefree, what are some other things, Erin, that come to the top of your head that you've you've gained from getting your period back better relationship I feel like I was just so short-tempered I could only like handle short conversations I was always so anxious about what I was saying in conversations like I had been in my current school for like a year by the time I met you and I like had maybe one friend because I was just so anxious all the time of like what if I say the wrong thing what if they don't like me and now like because I'm so more flexible, so much more carefree, like just interacting with people is just so much more fun, so much easier. Like I just, I have so much more connection and deeper connection too. Yeah. Yeah. That connection as, as humans are hardwired for connection. And so one friend to many friends to not second guessing yourself about everything you're saying and doing and what a freeing feeling that, that must be Aaron. And, you know, it's so cool to record these podcasts and see where we were and where we are now in retrospect. So aside from, you know, better connections and improved relationships, is there anything else that comes to mind? I mean, it could be, you know, things you gained with your health. I know you're not suffering from GI issues anymore, right? Yeah, my health is like completely 100% better. I last time I went to the hematologist, I, my blood counts were perfect, or I guess not perfect but you know like they're all in the normal range no issues there no GI problems anymore I eat a normal diet no more food rules my health is completely back to normal amazing and all because of I don't want to just say all because there's a lot of mindset work that goes into this but eating enough and resting your body enough so Erin have you gotten back into any running yet Yeah, I run very casually again right now. My schedule, like I said, is completely all over the place, different from week to week. But right now, I probably run on the treadmill two or three times a week just to keep my body moving. Nothing crazy. And I'm sure now that if you miss a workout or if you plan to go and you didn't get to because maybe clinical ran late or you had to be in unexpectedly early, that do you just move on with your day? 
Yeah. I mean, I always have like my sneakers and my workout clothes in my car in case somebody strikes me to go to the gym. But if I get in my car that afternoon and decide to just go home, I just go home. I eat a normal dinner. I eat a normal dessert and I study and I go to bed and move on like nothing happened. Yeah, that's amazing and and just so freeing, especially when you have such a busy life going on, which most of us probably do have a busy life. So, and as far as like food goes, like if you could name Aaron one big food rule you used to have, one one thing that comes to my mind for me was like I couldn't like eat the same thing in the same day or it had to be really timed. My food had to be extremely timed. Like if I was having lunch at 12, it could only be 12 if I was hungry at 10, sorry, couldn't eat. So, what are if you can think of any like big food rules you have that are, are no longer with you? Definitely the timing of food was something that I struggled with too, of like lunch is always at 12, dinner is always at six, no snacks in between that. But I also was very hung up on like how many vegetables I eat in a day. I probably ate like my diet was probably mostly vegetables. And when I started working with you, like one of your like big things, cut down on the vegetables. And so that was really hard for me to just cut down on my vegetables. And now like I don't think twice about it. Like I could go a few days without having anything green and wouldn't really even notice. Yes. And you're still alive. Yes. Without eating the green things. Yeah. That's a lovely feeling. And I'm sure a lovely feeling too, to be able to just honor your hunger whenever. And maybe you can't, I guess, technically do it whenever if you're in with a patient or something like that. But I'm sure when you have a moment, you're able to get to that that fuel. So that's awesome. And so freeing. So much mental space is freed up when we're able to just, you know, be with just eating according to our hunger. And again, eating according to your hunger right now for those that are still in the depths of HA is not recommended. So I just want to put that out there. So in your periods, Erin, have they been regular? I know, I think you said you're tracking your cycles now. Yeah. So they were, my cycles are actually kind of short when I first got my period back. And that's kind of why I joined the second program with you to kind of make sure that we could get them back to a normal cycle range. And now they're like between 32 and 34 days, like pretty. Awesome. Awesome. And you're doing a little bit of physical activity and you're not super structured with eating anymore. Cause in the beginning, not going to lie, period recovery eating is a little bit of a job, right? Yeah. It was always making sure that I was following the proportions and at the right, or not the right times, but like within the windows. And yeah, it, there was a lot of, I guess, mental energy that went into making sure I was eating period recovery friendly. Yeah, absolutely. And how do you think eating that way, being a little bit structured like that to get enough fuel has served you now for where you are and being as flexible as you are with food? I think going through that phase of like, I can eat this way and nothing bad will happen. And actually something good will come out of it because I'll get a normal period has now made me realize that like, I can eat however I want and make sure like, I, I never tracked calories before, but now I'm more aware of what foods are energy dense and what foods are going to satisfy my cravings. And none of it is bad for you. And none of it is going to make the world end. So by kind of exposing myself to all of those foods all at once in that structured way, now I can kind of use that knowledge to make meals and snacks that satisfy me. Yeah, 
and give you the fuel you need to get through your day and whatever else, which is an amazing feeling. So those out there listening and they're like, oh my gosh, I have to eat you know, throughout the day and I have to eat more carbs and fats. And would you say, Erin, your focus is still, I don't want to say focus, but like you find yourself gravitating more towards those satisfying foods, right? That probably have a good amount of carbs and fats and some protein in it. Yeah, like if I were to make a lunch for school, it's almost always some variation of pasta, just because I know that it's satisfying, it has enough carbs, it has like things that'll get me through the day. If I go to the cafeteria for lunch, I'm not going to pick up like the $12 salad that's just spinach. I'm going to pick up something that has more energy because now I know what satisfies me throughout the day. And that's amazing. And so the period recovery eating that you're doing now is going to serve you later on in your just regular life journey and being able to connect you more deeply with your body to know what is satisfying, what is not, what gives me the fuel that I need to get throughout my day, in addition, help maintain a regular healthy menstrual cycle. So that's amazing. I just wanted to make that connection for you guys to know that period recovery eating isn't forever, but you're going to find many perks and benefits out of learning how to period recovery eat for later on once you do have regular consistent periods. So, okay. So we talked about your health improving. We talked about how life has improved. And so I have couple more questions before we close up today, Erin. And one of them is what tips or words or any type of encouragement would you give to the woman who is out there attempting period recovery? I would say trust the process. I know that's so cliche and I'm sure a million people told me that when I was going through it too. And it's hard to really just give in and trust, but making the decisions to show up every day in period recovery is going to serve you so well in the long run, even if you're not seeing the changes as quickly as you want to. So just kind of be persistent, but also be patient. Because if you really are truly doing everything you can, it will eventually happen. Thank you for sharing that, Erin. And I think that's that's a big one because we are all uh, perfectionists by, I don't know, it just comes with the HA territory. And we put the work in and we want to typically see instantaneous results. And unfortunately, it doesn't work that way. But it's kind of a positive thing that it doesn't work that way. Because then in the meantime, and Erin, I'm sure you could attest to this, is that you get to work on all these other things that are going to not only help your period come back, but help you maintain your period for life or until babies one day or future menopause. But in addition for you to actually live your life fully too, right? So, which leads us into the very last question, because my hope is all of my clients will not only get a period back, but they'll really start living their life again and and get their life back. So how are you living now, Erin? I would say I'm just living with so much more joy than I was before. Just kind of my day-to-day hasn't necessarily changed. Still students, still going to school every day. But I just, like I said earlier, I show up different. I'm more present. I'm just more grateful to be in school, more grateful to just have this life that I get to live to the fullest. 
Amazing. And thank you so much for sharing that, Erin. And I appreciate you being here today and taking the time out. And it's always an honor to see the amazing women I get to work with just go from where they were to where they are now. It truly is very heartwarming and heartfelt to see you guys grow into such amazing humans. So thank you again, Erin, for sharing your story. Well, thank you. I couldn't have done it without you. Like truly. Thank you. I appreciate that, Erin. All right, guys. Until next time. Hi, guys. I hope you enjoyed this episode. Please take a moment to think and reflect on how this could be helpful in your period recovery journey. I want to thank you from the bottom of my heart for listening to the Period Recovery Podcast. We know there are a lot of pods out there, and I'm so excited and grateful you are here listening with me. If you need more support on your period recovery journey, schedule a time to chat with me on my website periodnutritionist.com. If you found this podcast helpful, please help me spread awareness on missing periods by subscribing, leaving a review, and sharing this podcast with others. Are you ready to get your period back and your life back? I'll see you in two weeks.